Hello and welcome to our podcast, Dad Educates Daughter on 80s Music. This is Series 2, Episode 7. Today we will be discussing Shalimar, Banana Rama, China Crisis, The Associates, Casey and the Sunshine Band and The Weather Girls. I'm Russell. And this is my daughter, Rebecca, who has had to listen to those groups for this week to discuss. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. The, the, the groups haven't been that bad, to be fair. No? No. Although some weren't what I was expecting, but I'll let you know. Okay. There was two probably in there that were a bit different, I would say. Yeah, compared to the rest. Hopefully we're yeah. talking about the same yeah. two. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, well, I'm sure we can say, I, I would say China Crisis yeah. and the Associates. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they were the two I wasn't sure how they'd go with you. Obviously, mm. I'll put them in here just to mix it up a bit, but also because that's where they fitted in as far as their first debut chart. Mm. Um, they like broke up the week as well because I listened to them in the middle. Yes. So yes. it was like... you had um, Shalimar and Banana Rama. Then them and then too. you had Casey and the Sunshine and Weather Girls at the end. Yeah, so it like so, it yeah. kind of changed in the middle, and I was like, oh, okay. And then it kind of came back. Yeah, it was a bit, a bit odd at the first listen. Yeah, what I was expecting. But yeah, what about like? I wouldn't say it was a bad week at all. Okay. So I suppose the first question I have to ask before we really get started is, how many number ones do you think you listen to? If any, <laughs> I've gone high. <laughs> I've gone really high. I think yeah. I've gone way out <laughs> by going too high. I went with seven. Seven number ones. Yeah. Where are you expecting them from? Obviously, I'm guessing you're thinking Banana Rama. Yep. <laughs> the Weather Girls. The Weather Girls. Okay. Yeah. So they had one song for you to listen to. And I think that was one song. One. And you think that was a number one hit? Yeah. And had nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Right. And then I think Shalimar had, so I think Banana Rama had three. Yeah. I think Weather Girls had their one. I think Casey yeah. and the Sunshine Band had one. And I think Shalimar had two. I'm going okay. high, okay? Wow. I'm going high. High and weep, as they say. Because <laughs> you had one, number <laughs> yeah. one. One. Well, as long as it's from one of those three bands, then three, I'm right. I think you mentioned all. I think you, uh, no, you ended four. up mentioning four, four <laughs> bands. So you've, you know, other than the two that we've already said, I think would be the the two that you weren't 100 percent sure on anyway. You've gone with the other four <laughs> yeah. because they're all your kind of music. But we've already realised from the 80s that the ones that do well aren't your kind of music. <laughs> We're two series in. Episode seven, and you haven't learned anything on how the, the, the public of how the how the paying public influence yeah. the charts. But I also think that come on, Banana Rama can't not have the number one. Well, you'd you'd think not, wouldn't you? But they've right. only got one. Then, if they have, which one would you go with? Because I'm guessing that's where you're now thinking the number one is. Yeah, I'd go with that. I want it to be, no, I don't want it to be. I think their biggest song would have been Love in the First Degree. Or, no, 
I can't remember whether their songs with Funboy 3 got to number one. Love in the First Degree or one with Funboy 3, but I don't think they did. Well, that was their first one, wasn't it? Which yeah. Was, it ain't what you do, it's the way that you do it, which obviously then propelled them. So we will go into that. Let's talk music and start with Shalamar. Yes. So with these, I like, I mean, there was quite a few songs, but I wouldn't say any of the songs really stood out. I think they've got a bit of soul in them, a bit of R&B. Um, I did think a bit of disco, but then when I thought about the R&B and soul, I was like, mm, no, it's more that end, not disco, but... I don't, okay. I don't know. Well, I'll just, I'll just tell you about quick about all the men. So Shalimar were Jeffrey Daniel on vocals and guitar. Yeah. Jodie Watley on vocals. Howard Hewitt on vocals, piano and guitar. Mickey Free on vocals, guitar. And in 1983, he, he, so he came in in 1983 and replaced Jeffrey Daniel. Right. Okay, then you had Delicia Davis, who in 1983 replaced Jodie Watley on vocals and keyboards. Okay. So they had a bit of a change in 1983. Sydney Justin in 1985 replaced Howard Hewitt. So now the original. Oh, so the originals are gone. gone. Um, and he was obviously vocals and keyboards, where it was mm-hmm. piano at the beginning. And then original members, Gary Mumford and Gerald Brown. They had left in 78, 79. Okay. So they left before the 80s, which is why I didn't have them originally, but I'm just letting. So Howard Hewitt joined in 79, Mm -hmm. um, which how they then become a threesome going forward. And then, as I say, Jeffrey Daniel and Jodie Watley replaced Mumford and Brown. Right. Okay. Those three, Daniel, Watley and Hewitt, all got replaced between 83 and 85. (laughs) Okay. So we've gone from original two, become a three. They then, the original two got replaced, become still a three. And then the original three, between 83 and 85, they all win. So That's by right. the time of 85, you've got a totally different lineup to what you had at the beginning. Yeah. But the main lineup is Jeffrey Daniel, Jodie Watley, and Howard Hewitt. That is the main. Right, so they're the main ones that I've probably listened to. Which are the ones I've got. And they were the 80s, which is when they probably became big. So they were formed in 1977 in California. Okay. um, Obviously by um, Mumford and Brown. Mm -hmm. um, Gary Mumford and Gerald Gerald Brown. Um, It's funny because there's now a group actually called Mumford and Sons, but nothing to do with (laughs) this. And the lead singer supports AFC Wimbledon. Just a little fact for you there. Um, they're yeah, that in LA, LA, of course, LA, California, and they are a disco, funk, soul, and R&B, R&B band. So you were... Oh, just minus the funk. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not bad then. And oh, it's really hard now, because like, I've watched a couple of videos, but I didn't notice people changing. So I might have watched ones where there hadn't been a change, because obviously I don't know what Well, yeah, I think their, their main songs, their, their big hits were with that, as I say, the 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 classic okay. lineup or the yeah. most known lineup is Daniel Watley and, and Hewitt. So. Yeah, so I didn't notice a change, but I thought 
what got me with the disco as well is they're like end of 70s looking so they've still got like the flares mm. and they just look like they've got a bit of 70s to them but then weirdly the main three that people think of they're not really from the 70s they were 80s weren't they they were so 80s, it's weird yes. to so they, um, that i've still got that yeah so i think it was about 1980 i mean hewitt joined in 79 but i think the others mm. um came just after would have been just mm. after so, but yeah. it's not just is there's women in it as well isn't there I would oh. say Jodie Watley is a woman. Yeah, because because uh, what I was going to say is there's a nice mix of vocals. And Delis, Delicia, Delicia Davis, I guess, in is probably a woman's name yeah. as well. Delisa, Delisa. I'm pretty sure when I watch the videos, it's a man and two women. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's how it is. But it's a nice mix of vocals. There's definitely a woman vocalist in there. Yeah. But that's what I liked about it. I like when they mix it up, when it's not all just the same vocals, every song. Like it's like one song by a man, one song by a woman. You put them together. Yeah, I like I liked that about them. Okay. Well, here's a little fact. Shalimar are seen as pioneers for body popping Ooh. in the UK. They introduced oh. it. They brought it over from America into the UK. Oh, okay. So whether that was through a video or, you know, they appeared on top of the pops, I don't I don't know how, but um, they are seen as pioneers for body popping, which oh. I suppose was the start of break dancing. Is it not yeah. body popping? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It is. Oh, interesting. So, yeah. Um, Dancing in the Sheets was used on the Footloose soundtrack. Um, and reached number 17 on the Billboard Top 100 in the US and was the first with the new lineup since Daniel and Watley left. Um, oh, okay. So they so were replaced that. by Free and Davies, Davis. Mm-hmm. That was the first song that they, they had. Okay, so the, the songs that I the, have listened of to. The third coming that was. So yeah. You had the first bit, then you had the, the, the main, as I say, the main, main. bit in the 80s. Mm. And then Dancing in the Sheets was the start of the, the last. Okay, bit. so what I've listened to, I mean, I don't know whether any of you, the ones that you give me at the beginning, um, whether they're the original. No, they're all, no, they're all with, so literally... You and that's why you can see there the classic lineup because uh, all the hits, which is what you've listened to, other than dancing in the sheets, the red star, the three that, that line that main. Oh, uh, okay, okay, that's fine then. I don't think I watched dancing in the sheets because I watched my favourite instead. Yeah, I didn't watch. So, so no, I didn't watch that one. So I wouldn't have seen the difference. Okay, they're very pa- passionate performers. I liked that really get into it. So Shalimar disbanded in 1991. However, in 1996, Daniel Watley and Hewitt, the original main... The 80s three. Yeah. They reformed, and both Daniel and Hewitt are still performing, although Watley owns the Shalimar trademark in the US. Oh, I find it weird when they go against each other and one of them owns it. Yeah. There's nothing about them. I mean, it was more that um, Watley actually, uh, Davis did, so obviously the the new three, so Delissa Davis, I think, wanted it, and Watley Watley, um, managed to get it over over her. Very bizarre, isn't it? 
um, and then they reform, but Watley owns the, the trademark. So, so what yeah. do they go as then? Uh, still, I think that I couldn't find anything because it, it looks like they're, they're still formed, but not really doing anything, whether that's oh, because okay. of COVID at the moment, but I couldn't really see anything around. Like doing anything. Any, on, on what's happening with yeah. them. Yeah. Okay. Um, they've had four top 10 hits, three okay. top 10 albums, all between 82 and 83 with the Daniel Watley uh, okay. lineup. So you yeah. can see there's a big link with the, with those three. Yeah. Um, so it's only right that they are really the three, even though they weren't the, the founders, as I say, the founders. No, but they're the three that should but get they're the, the recognition. They're the three that had the success yeah. under the name Shalimar. Yeah. So to speak. So let's go through them and yeah. see if they've got a number one. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't mind if they do. Which song, which, before I go through through them, which which song did, what, what was your? Um, so I thought A Night to Remember and okay. um, I thought Dance in the Sheets would have been oh, okay. a big one. Right. But now you've said about it all, I'm like, oh, no, it can't be Dance in the Sheets. So here we go. Let's... Uh... Read for them and you can say what you thought of each of them. So 1980, I owe you one. Number 13. Okay. Well, I mean, that was like a good coming in. Had my feet tapping. It was upbeat. It was a nice start to the week. 1981, make that more. Number 30. Make that move. Sorry, make that move. It's my writing. Yeah. (laughs) There weren't that much to to that one. So I'm not surprised at the charting. 1982, I Can Make You Feel Good, number seven. Oh, okay, that's a good one. I recognise this one, and this is where I thought disco was. This is what made me think disco with him. Now your favourite then, 1982, A Night to Remember. It's not my favourite. I just oh, thought okay. it was a good right. one. Number five. Oh, so I still, it's still up there. Um. This is where I could hear a woman more. And I was like, oh, I really like the mixture, like mixing it up. Um, also recognise this one as well. So it's quite, it's quite shocking when I, I'm like, I have no idea who Shalomar are. And then I recognise their songs. 1982, there it is. Number five. Oh, look at them coming in. This one I thought was chilled out compared to the rest that I'd already had. But it was still catchy. It was just more chilled out compared to the others. 1982, Friends, number 12. Okay. That was a feel-good one. Felt like it had good vibes to it. 1983, Dead Giveaway, number eight. Oh, see, they're not low, are they? See, they are good. This one, like, I, I was cla- this one got me moving. I was clapping along. Like, I, that's what I like about their songs. They get you kind of going a bit. 19... 19- 83 again, Disappearing Act, number 18. Oh, this was my favourite. This one was, yeah, a bit of a shocker, you know, gone a bit out there. But this was um, soulful. I liked the different in this one. It changed a bit. Still 1983, over and over, number 23. Okay. Yeah, they slowed it down a bit too much with this. So you can see the change in music from yeah. the, where they sort of obviously, no, it's not working anymore. Yeah. 
And then 1984, new lineup, as I've already said, Dancing in the Sheets, number 41. 41? No, so that new lineup didn't do well. This was a close second favourite, you know? Mm. Like, I liked, I, I really do like Disappearing Out, but then when I got to this one, I was like, oh, is it better? And I thought, no, Disappearing Out kind of just got me. But the soul's back, I think, in Dancing in the Sheets, or like more of the R&B, I don't know, but and it sounded a bit futuristic. I was like, oh, it's a bit different. So I guess it, I could hear the change, but I didn't know why I was hearing uh-huh. the change. As now I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, so that was Shalimar. Um, probably the reaction I was expecting from yourself, because mm. um, it is your kind of music, not, not necessarily my kind of music. Right, we'll um, know that now. So now we will move on to an all-female pop group in Bananarama. Yeah. I mean, the... Oh, so I forgot that... Not that we discussed them before, but, like, when we were doing Fanboy Frame, I forgot that they'd been mentioned. So when I was, like, listening to the songs, I was like, ah, Fanboy 3. And I was like, so Fanboy 3 are the ones that, like, basically kicked off their career, aren't they? Um. And I thought Banana Rama pop, pop, dance pop. And they like their dance routines in their videos. They think their outfits are very like, this is who we are and this is what we do. Um, but I've just got a question. So when I'm listening to it, when I do my notes, I, li- I re-listen on my TV. And when I do, do Spotify on my TV, when it's like playing the song, it will have like, what the song is but then in the background there's always a picture and it's a picture of the band and for Banana Rama it only showed two girls but then when I watched the videos there was three of them so I just wondered because so, like sometimes Spotify like to keep it update so I don't know whether they're still going or whether that was they went on for quite a while when they went down to two but I just wanted to know okay. we did will, it go to two all girls? will be revealed Okay. All shall be revealed. Okay. Because okay. it was very confusing. All I, all, all I will say to you is Dave Stewart. Do you remember his name before? Dave Stewart rings a bell. Yeah. But I can't remember where. Wow. Why do I You've know been Dave in Stewart? Two, two bands that you've discussed. So this okay. education part isn't doing that well, is it? Your revisions failed. My revisions failed. Shut up. You're saying, I'd be like, oh, yeah. I remembered Funboy um, 3 kicked off their career. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, so Banana Rama are Sarah Darling, Dalin, Karen Woodward, and Siobhan Fahey, or Fahey. Siobhan Fahey left in 1988 okay. to form Shakespeare's sister and was replaced with Jacqueline O'Sullivan. Oh, so there was never just two. Or Spotify chatting then. So they were formed in 1981 in London and they are a pop new wave band. Okay, I said pop. Yeah. I always forget about um, new wave, always. Apart from last week, I was like, oh, new wave. I think they're new wave. It's because I don't really understand what new wave is. It does cover such a big amount. Yeah, of like it's just kind of like I feel like if it's, they don't go into it's, some it's sort of new wave is like a a, a um a sub 
Genoa for 80s music. <laughs> yeah, certain, basically. You know. uh, so, yeah, so um, they were formed in 1981, as I say, and they yeah. were listed in the Guinness World Records for achieving the world's highest number of chart entries for an all-female group. Whoa. But I'm not surprised you met the songs that I've had to listen to. But that's really good, considering it's an all-girls group. Yeah. So just to put it into context, between 1982 and 2009, they have had 30 singles in the top 50 UK charts. So they're going, you know, they're calling it up to the top 50. 30. For the Guinness Book of Records. But they've had 30 singles within the top 50. That's still some going when you think of others that we've listened to that we've you know mm. not even had half that three quarters of that in the top 40 yeah because the majority of them are in the top 40 as you That's know from that. yeah i was gonna say had. i was gonna say i think i've had like most of that 30 singles that got in there so banana rama are sort of i think still going with just woodward and dalin Ah, so, so not that'll be the Jackie why. O'Sullivan now, which okay. is why that would be why Spotify is like. only showing two. Mm. So Siobhan Farhi married Dave Stewart and the Eurythmics and the oh, Twist. I was just about to say, I remember where he's from. Oh, sorry. That's okay. I only remembered Eurythmics, I couldn't remember the Taurus, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, they married in 1987. And then they formed Shakespeare's sister, with whom both wrote the hit single, Stay. For Hay was also romantically linked mm. to singer Bobby Bluebell uh, before marrying Stuart and was the co-writer for the Bluebell's hit, Young at Heart. I don't know Bobby so Bluebell. Uh, I we got the Bluebell's later on. I was going to say, I don't know him. And uh, that was their big hit. Um, however, since um, that her and Stuart have since um, divorced. Banana Rama got their big break when Fun Boy 3 singer Terry Hall, once of the specials, asked them to duet on the single, It Ain't What You Do, It's The Way That You Do It. And on the back of that, they then got a record deal. And as we know. But then they also did the Really Saying Something. So they did two with Fun Boy 3, didn't they? Because really ah, saying that, something yeah, is yeah, with Fun Boy yeah. 3, yeah. Well, that might have been another, the other way around. I'm not sure. That might have been Banana Rama. Oh, having them. Having them. I'm not, I'm not sure. To be, fair, them... to be fair, looking at my Spotify, when it's it ain't what you do, it's the way that you do it, it listed first is Fun Boy 3. And yeah. I'm really saying something listed first is Banana Rama. So maybe. Yeah, I think, it, I think um, they were doing them a favour ah, by helping promote the payback song. kind of thing. Using, yeah. Banana Rama's name was inspired by Roxy Music single Pajama Rama. Oh my God. And I guess on the back of Bananas in Pajamas. I don't know. Are bananas in Pajamas that old? Oh. I, I, I thought I Bananas in Pajamas that, was but, a 90s thing. Wow. Maybe I'm wrong. I was just putting the two together because how do you get from Pajama Rama to Banana Rama? There must have been a link. Like bananas. Thought, maybe it's pajama, Bananas in Pajamas. That was just me. It doesn't say that. It, <laughs> says that it took it from Pajama Rama. You I speculated. Just in, I was just 
yeah, making a rumor that bananas in pajamas <laughs> were the ones behind Banana Rama. They've got a song called I Heard a Rumour as well. Well, yeah. Banana Rama scored a US Billboard number one with Venus, a cover of Dutch rock band's Shocking Blue, produced and and there, and Venus by Banana Rama was produced by Stop Aitken and Waterman. The big. Oh, they're the big people. Late 80s, behind Jason and Kylie and so many others. I remember Um, you. Wakesley. So, yeah, um, Banana Rama were nominated for two Brit Awards. They were nominated for Best Single in 1988 for Love in the First Degree, uh, losing out to Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up. And they were also nominated for Best Video in 1989 for Nathan Jones. Uh, they lost out on that one to Michael Jackson's Smooth Criminal. Well, I mean, they weren't going to win against him, were they? Banana Rama have had 10 top 10 hits in the 80s mm-hmm. and they had one top 10 album plus their greatest hits album reached number three in 1988. So they're, they're big though. I wouldn't say they're not like massive, aren't they? But they're known. Yeah. I always find that if I've heard of them like properly, like and I could have heard of them without you or mum then they're big. That's, that's mm-hmm. how I play it. Doesn't yeah. mean they're massive, but they're big. Okay. So, have they got a number one? And is it, what did you say? Well, I thought Love they had the three. first degree. No, I thought they had three. Yeah, I know. But then when I said not one, which oh, one yeah, did love you in, go with? Love in the first degree. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So, 1982. Mm-hmm. It ain't what you do, it's the way that you do it. With... Fun Boy 3 featuring Banana Rama. So it's not really a Banana Rama. No. That got to number four. Okay. I remember doing that one. That's what we discussed with Fun Boy 3. Yeah, yeah I remember doing uh, that 1982, one. 1982, really saying something. That got to number five. Okay. That's really catchy. 1982, Shy Boy. That got to number four. Ooh. This one, compared to... Being with Fun Boy 3, I was like, oh, the girls have got really soft voices. I'm not going to like their music on their own. That's what that, that's what I thought from that one. I was like, oh, their voices are too soft. 1983, Nay Nay, the, Hey Hey, Kiss Him Goodbye, number five. Okay. I recognise that one, but from an advert. Don't ask me what advert, but I know it's definitely been in the advert. Okay. 1983, Cruel Summer, probably my favourite. Number eight. Your favourite? That's too slow for me. And Love, Truth and Honesty. Yeah. Oh, you like the slower Um, ones. And that was re-released in 1989, and it got to number 19. Okay. So it got to number eight in 83 and number 19 in 89. So it's still top 10. It's still top 20. 20. Yeah. Uh, 1984, Robert De Niro's rating. Weird name. Number three. Oh, really? Connor like this one. It's too repetitive for me. 1984, Rough Justice. Number 23. Oh, okay. I was going to say not much, not much to this one. And you can hear a synthesizer in this one. And I don't know if they ever used one, but I can hear it in here. Mm. 
1985, Do Not Disturb. Got me moving. Number 31. Really? Oh, that one was And good. if you look at their last two, number 23, number 31, I think that's them where they went then and saw Sock Aitken and Waterman to sort of to help see them. what they could do to... Uh, to move with the, the 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 way the music had changed from the early eighties to now. Did they write their own songs? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm not hundred percent sure. Okay, just wondered because like yeah. if they went to go see something. I would say I yes because um, Fa- definitely Siobhan Fahey was Fahey wrote by the by the, you know going by you know she she wrote stay she wrote young at heart or co-wrote oh yeah so, so she might have she was definitely a writer of songs you yeah know, so so even so, if yeah. she was the principal songwriter they had songs yeah. written yeah yeah um so then they covered venus as i've already said 1986 mm-hmm. that's just that a classic eight okay so i got them back so, as I say, they went to the the main men at the time of that mm-hmm. era mm-hmm. in um, Sock Aitken and Waterman. They said, do a cover of Venus, but obviously I think it's totally different to the original. Oh, is it? And oh, okay. um, they uh, had, a, had a hit from it. Ah, I've only ever heard this. Well, as far as I know, I've only ever heard this one. Well, Shy Boy wasn't written by them. Okay, so they might have written and not written, maybe. Uh, they did write, they did, they were the writers of um, Cruel Summer, though. Funny enough, with the writers of Shy Boys, which was Steve Jolly and Tony Swan. Okay. So they must have been, um, they were their producers as well. So that's obviously who. So they must have had. Was with them. Mm, they must have had like the help. Swain, of... sorry, not Swan. Tony Swain and Steve Jolly, producers okay. and songwriters. Right, okay. So, yeah, they must have had the help and done what they can. Yeah. So then they, in 1986, more than physical. This changed in sound a bit, but now I understand if they've gone to Waterman, it's somewhere around here. That makes sense. But it's only got to number 41. Oh, really? Yeah. I quite liked that one. Yeah. 1987, Trick of the Night. Again, I heard a bit of electric. In it, and this one's quite chilled. Number 32. Oh, okay. 1987. I heard a rumor. My favorite. I do like this one. Number 14. Okay, brought it back. Yeah. 1987, Love in the First Degree, which I've already said made number one in the US. Yeah. Well, this one, I recognise this one, and it's just a good one. So out of all of them, I mean, as much as I like the one before, and that's my favourite, due to knowing this one, I think... Sorry, no, it was Venus big. that got to... It, it was Venus that made number one in the US, not this. Oh, well, where did this... Oh. This was um, nominated for the Brit Award. Ah, OK, yes. OK, well, off of that, um, come on. Brits yeah. must have lo- loved it. Yeah. Number so, one. It was a top 10 hit. Number one. It was it a top was five. In the top five. Okay. And it came at number. It was their biggest hit. Right. We want to say number three. Jointly with Robert De Niro's waiting. Number three. What the Blue Melex can be the number one list? It's got to be from Casey. 
1988, I Can't Help It. Number 20. Okay, I really like the chorus on that one. 1988, I Want You Back. And weirdly, talking of choruses, this one, the chorus brings it, like there's not much else, but the chorus uh -huh. is really good and that it makes a song. Got to number five. Oh, okay. 1988, Love, Truth and Honesty. Another one you like. I liked it. The lyrics, I really like the lyrics in this one more than like the music. Number 23. Oh, that's a bit of a jump, isn't it? 1988, Nathan Jones. Who's Nathan Jones? This song did not know. hit with me. And when you were saying about the best video, I was like, damn, why didn't I watch this video? Because I was very intrigued about this song, but I didn't watch the video. But yeah, yeah. but it's quite slow. So I think that's why I didn't want to hear it again and watch the video. <laughs> Number 15, it got to. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's not a big hit with me. 1989, Help. <laughs> this one. <laughs> They do this song with someone. So you think their name is Banana Rama. Featured on this song, it's like because the Spotify shows me, that the people on this song are called La Na Ni Ni Nunu. And I'm like, what's wrong with these names? You ever heard of them? No, I'm pretty sure. I, I'm trying to remember now, but... I'm pretty sure it was a comic relief song, and I yeah. thought French and Saunders were involved in it. But I yeah. may well be wrong. On, on Spotify, it has, I don't know if you can see, but it's that one. Can you oh, see? yeah. 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 So it's a cover so, of The Beatles. Right. And I'm, I don't know, I'm pretty, pretty sure, if you watch the video, it's to do with comic relief, and I'm pretty sure French and Saunders were so uh jennifer saunders from absolutely fabulous yeah um and dawn french, dawn french. was married to lenny henry um Victor yeah. dibley i know who um, she is they were they were comics in the 1980s known as french and saunders double yeah. act and i'm pretty sure they were on it i seem i don't know i'm pretty something just reminds me when i've you just looked it up on it. i've just looked it up yeah um so it does say uh, Banana Rama covered the song with comedians French and Saunders and yeah, Kathy Burke. But the one that I've listened to does have, because it, it, even when you type it into Google, it goes help, song by Banana Rama and Lana Nini Nunu. Well, that might be who they went under, French and Saunders. And I don't remember Kathy Burke in it, but they might have gone under that mm. name, Lana Nini Nunu Nunu sort of thing. While you're looking at it, I will move on. That got to number three, yeah. but I didn't oh, okay. pass it as their biggest hit. It was a cover and it was yeah, for charity. And it was for so charity. it was always going to be big anyway. Yeah. Uh, um, 1990. Lana Nini Nunu is Jennifer Saunders, Dawn French and Kathy Burke. There you go. There you go. I've got a memory still. You may See? be old. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> um, 1990, Only Your Love. Number 27. Okay. This was another one where I like the lyrics. And 1991, Preacherman. That it was an okay end. Didn't rate it. Different vibe Preacherman gave. Uh huh. And that got to number twenty. Okay, not bad. Not a number one anywhere though. 
So no number one. And you can see the difference, I suppose, after um, Waterman. The, la the last, well, even, even from Nathan Jones, the last ones, I mean, obviously you got help, but the, mm. the chart he, places after Faye, he left, um, um, they, they weren't really the same they didn't, group. Yeah. yeah. But it does change the vibe, doesn't it? When people leave yeah. and whatnot, like it's hard to stay the same that people... Especially if it is probably your best songwriter, which she yeah. may have been. I don't know, going by yeah. her past success in other groups. Or yeah. Other groups. Mm. Okay, so that's Banana Rama and still no number one. Nope. nope. So we're now moving on to the two groups that you... it wouldn't They wouldn't be up your street. I knew that when I'd done it. Um, mm -hmm. uh, but they may be the ones with the number one. You never know. I can't see it though. No. No, can't where, see where it. do you see the number one though? Are you back to the I think it's no, I think it's Casey and the Sunshine Band. That's where I'm going with now. Changing completely now. It can't be the Weather Girls. When you said they've only got one song. I know that song will be top ten because I know you don't give me songs if it's like one hit wonder unless it's in the top ten. But yeah, how could they have had a number one and then flopped everywhere else? But I'm going with Casey and the Sunshine Band. Okay. Well, we'll move on to them later. But first of all, we're going to discuss China Crisis. Mm -hmm. These are my weird group. Yeah. They're synth pop is what I'm thinking. And I want to know, like, just what are they? And there's got to be more to them. Like... Just going off their song names. I don't know. Apart from Best Kept Secret and Wishful Thinking, you've got African and White, Christian, Black Man Ray, King and a Catholic style. And I'm like, Are you got, have I not listened to your songs in a deep enough way? You're singing about something? Am I missing something here? I don't know. Not 100% sure, but yeah. Like I didn't listen to the lyrics fully, but yeah, there's something there with them. They're just in a weird group, but they're like, you know, they're nice and simple with their videos. You know, they just kind of do the live performance, saw them on top of the pops. So they're a nice, simple set. They're kind of an in and out. But then I watched one video. I can't remember which one it was. Black Man Ray, I think. And the, there's a woman basically dressed up like a cat. And I was like, what on earth is this? Why are you dressed up like a cat? What is going on? And that's made me, that was like the full stop at the end of telling me they are definitely my weird group. <laughs> it would have just a bit, it had to get a bit too far. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So China Crisis were Gary Daly, vocals and synths. Mm -hmm. Eddie London, vocals and guitar. Uh, and then from 1981, Dave Riley joined on drums. In 1983, Gazza Johnson um, joined on bass. I suppose they called him Gazza rather than Gary because of the other Gary. Gary, yeah. Yeah, he joined on bass. Kevin Wilkinson replaced Riley on drums in 85. And then Walter Becker joined on simps and Brian McNeil on simps and vocals. So they had a real change around. Oh, so they kind of started 
they started off as like a small band and they kind of expanded. So they started off as a two and that yeah. I mean, when you look, Daly and Lumsden, they've been in, they, they've obviously been with the group from, they formed it and that, they and don't. they are still seen as the, the main, they're, they're seen as a duo trying to yeah. pass this and the others are sort of musicians yeah. who they then brought in to obviously help them. Mm. Um, so they were formed in 1979 by Daly and London um, in Kirby, Merseyside. They're a new oh, okay. wave synth pop group. Okay, so, see, it's the new wave that I don't get, <laughs> get the other bit. <laughs> Just don't mention so, new wave anymore. China Crisis was seen as part of the new wave of acts from Liverpool, which included OMD, Echo and the Bunnymen, The Teardrop Explodes, A Flock of Seagulls, mm. and Frankie Goes to Hollywood. China Crisis themselves were influenced by Brian Eno of Roxy Music, um, which were the same, funny enough, as Tears for Fears and Talking Heads. Okay. So Brian Eno of Roxy Music was quite a big influence on groups from mm. the 80s. I mean, Roxy Music were more 70s. Obviously, we have announced, we have spoke about... Yeah, we have. Had, ...did have hits in 80s, but they were mainly 70s. And they obviously influenced a lot of the mid-80s. Yeah. Groups. Yeah, you know, or 1982 onwards. Um, as I say, Tears for Fears, who we spoke about recently, and oh, Talking sweet. Heads. I'm, not, I'm guessing we talked about Talking Heads. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. That was like, yeah, so sure, that was serious one. So yeah, so um, they were influenced by by them like they were. After asking Dave Riley to join the band on drums and released in African and White on an independent record label. Okay. Uh, they got to that record a, a four-song session for John Pill on his... So John Pill was a big um, pioneer of new music on Radio 1 um, with his show. Right, so, okay. Um, if you got onto the John Pill show, it was I feel seen... Like... I mean, they have now... They still have, like, the BBC Radio 6, I think it is, uh, future award and what have you so it's still seen yeah. as a big thing but yeah obviously back then it was John Pill that pioneered it and done it and um, if you got on his show and had a session then you're a, yeah have you mentioned him before I'm pretty sure we have yeah yeah I mean, yeah. yeah I feel like yeah, it's um so they got onto his radio show and in March 1982 on the back of that the band got signed up to Virgin Records right um, and recorded their debut album, as well as re-releasing African and White. Oh, okay. Which um, reached or peaked at number 45. So it still wasn't, didn't really, you know. Oh, um, And then right. the follow-up single, No More Blue Horizons, also had little success. Mm. Um, however, the next single, Christians, made it to the top 20 and brought the band to national prominence. Now, like you... I also, obviously, you know, I mean, I don't even know if they'd get away with releasing a song called Black Man Radio. Yeah. You just don't know where, or African and white. African and white. But I couldn't yeah. see any anything that says about why they, what what the, what the influence, what the, the you know, what it political mm. or whatever around those names. Because, like, even their you know, band name, and, even their band name being called China Crisis. Yeah. Like, yeah. But they're not like a, the selector or because they were the polit political ones. Yeah. Uh, not like that. Special, no, specials. specials were the political one. Yeah, yeah, they're not like them. Like it's not obvious, which is why I was like, because I didn't l l listen to the lyrics 
too much but then with the specials you didn't really have to yeah it was obvious yeah so I don't know I don't know but yeah I don't know either um I did look because I like you I did think of some some funny um song Mm. titles but no um they had one top 10 hit which I know is four top 20 hits and they had one top 10 album okay okay so moving on to their their songs in so 1982, as I've just said, African and White got to number 45 after being yeah. re-released. This, that was a long intro and a slow song, and that zoned out a bit. Yeah. Not going to lie. 1983, Christian. I swayed that one, you know. I was like, ooh. Yeah. yeah. But it was a bit too calm for me. Too calm. But I was swaying. So I was like, oh, okay. They've got something. But, got yeah. to number 12. Okay. 1984, Wishful Thinking. I liked the backing music on that one. And I don't say that much because I like a sing-along. But, yeah, I like the music. Got to number nine. Okay. So that was their top ten hit. That was nearly my favourite. Yeah? What was your favourite? We'll find out. 1985, Black Man Ray. Ray. Uh, That one you can just put on in the background. That and then I watched a video and it got made it go weird, but yeah. <laughs> Number 14. Mm, why? Uh, 1985, King in a Catholic Style, and then Wake Up in brackets. I could tap to it, but I had no idea what they were singing. Got to number 19. Oh, okay. And then 1987, Best Kept Secret. This was my favourite. I mean... Yeah, this this was my favourite. I could, like, there was more singing. It, there was more to it. It was more of a song, not just, like, music or, I don't know. Yeah, this was something. Well, I'm sure Daily in London of um, China Crisis will be pleased that you did like it. Why? Because it seems that not a lot of other people <laughs> did because it got to number 36. Oh, okay. It's yeah, still a top 40, and they'd have taken that. But, yeah, they it wasn't their best... Um, single okay and obviously that is what brought the curtain down on them yeah although they are still still going around on the uh i think they're still part of like the rewind oh okay um, so they're making them i think i have seen them and that um but obviously singing their their you've seen these what are they like are they boring i can't remember because i can't remember they obviously didn't stand out because I can't well, yeah. remember. Yeah. But I've got a feeling that I have seen them. But mm. I was going to say, they're, sure. they're not... I'm really sorry to anyone that likes them, but they do come across a bit boring. Like I watched them on top of the pops and people were just there kind of swaying side to side. But it was Christian and that was the one that I said that I was swaying to, so it must just be like a swayy song. Yeah. But yeah, they're, they're not like a get up and dance to, aren't they? They're a, I don't know... I don't even know where you would play them. I don't know why you would play. Like, what mood? I don't know what mood you'd have to be. But that's what no, I'm in the, the car. 80s. I want to be singing. In the, in the 80s, the synth pop, which I like, I is just it's listened to in a Walkman while you're walking down the street. Yeah, but you've got to remember, Dad, I'm, I do, I'm not the generation of nowadays. I did have a Walkman. I owned one, so I did walk, and then I had iPods, so I was walking to school 
you know, I did get made to walk to school, didn't have this whole lift malarkey when I was younger. And I would listen to my music, but I don't want this type of music. I want music that's going to get me walking fast and get me in the mood and wake me up for the day. Not something that's going to send me back to bed. That, and that's, that's what this is. It's, uh, I just don't get where you would play it. It doesn't get you up. It doesn't, it doesn't get me in the mood for walking or cleaning. Sure. Like, I don't know. We had this same little, similar conversation with um, a flock of seagulls, which I suppose is probably where they're, sort of music mm. goes so yeah but i think flock of seagulls well, were a bit better yeah yeah probably had the same amount of hits probably had a big bet a bigger hit with obviously wishing i had a photograph of you but um wishing i had a photograph of you but um yeah um similar similar group i'd say yeah Both obviously from from merseyside okay we'll move on then i'm seeing where they're going in the end We'll go to the associates. Yeah. So I thought I'd add the weird group, and then you gave me these. <laughs> then you gave me these. I don't know. I thought because the name is a bit more normal, <laughs> I thought these would be more on the vibe of like Casey and the Sunshine Band or what I'd already had with Sh- Shalamar and Banana Rump. No, they're on. The child, but they're not like similar really. These ones have got more of a punk vibe from, as well as synth pop. Um, and these are just again, they're just really simple in the way that they express themselves. They just the guy, the main guy, he just looks effortless when he's singing, like he doesn't have to put that much effort into it. Like he's not all like big and grand, you know, he's not you've not seen him take big, but he's just he's just singing, and hats off to him because he can sing. Um, but he's got a bit of a ghostly voice, a bit of an odd voice. Yeah. Okay. And they like to just dress formally. It's not much about them, really. There's not many songs, to be fair, but yeah. Okay, so the associates were Bill McKenzie on vocals and guitar, who you obviously were speaking about, mm-hmm. Alan Rankin on guitars and keyboard, John Sweeney on drums, who left in 1980 and was replaced by Steve Goulding, Mm-hmm. and Michael Dempsey on bass. Rankin left in 1982 and was replaced by Miffy Smithy on keyboards, and Dempsey also left in 1982 and was replaced on bass guitar by Robert Suave. Okay, so, so a bit of a change around. I was going to say, this week the, the, there the, seemed the, to have been quite a few change arounds in the groups, bar like yeah. Banana Rama, they, well, they just had one left, one come, but... The other groups have had quite a few people come and go this this week. Yeah. Um, so they were formed in 1979 in Dundee, Scotland. Okay. And they are a synth pop new wave band, so the same as China Crisis. Hence oh, okay. Why do I think they're a bit punky? Maybe it's because they're a bit um, creepy. The the band came to prominence when Mackenzie concocted a stunt to do a cover of David Bowie's Boys Keep Swinging without any copyright permission. Oh. Um, they'd done it just six weeks after Bowie had reached the top ten with his um, own version, obviously, of the song, and the associates reached number 15 in the record Mirrors Scottish Charts. Did they not get they'd done, done for it? done Scottish Charts. Did they not, not that get I could done? see. No, not that I could see. Because without any copyright... Copy, yeah. right? Like... Well, yeah. Um, and that was in June 1979. 
um, and they gained themselves airplay on John Pills ah. Radio One show. So again, um, similar to China Crisis. Earned them a contract. So again, the same as China Crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, and they gained their contract with Fiction Records. And by now, Rankin and Mackenzie were joined by Dempsey and drummer John Murphy, although the band was still marketed as a duo. Oh, oh, that poor guy. So by the time Rankin left in 1982, the band were already in decline. And although Sire Records were looking to sign the band, the fact that Mackenzie didn't like touring... Um, put the label off um, signing the band, and in 1990, they split. Oh, okay. Oh. So, right, so, and I suppose so by just touring, because they didn't want to tour? The, well, yeah, because if you think by touring, you're... That's how you get a lot gaining, of money. You're gaining more people because you're gaining prominence by getting out of your own sort of bubble of fans mm. and that by meeting other, you know. But also you've got the the merchant. I mean, it's not a big part, but obviously the merchandise and all that at each venue. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know so and obviously the ticket sales if you know mm-hmm. how, how you do but um yeah they um he didn't want to tour he wasn't at all in person so sire records obviously didn't think that the deal was right for them it's, yeah i guess if they're not but with like record labels it's more about the money isn't it yeah if you're not going to make the record so, label money they're going to drop you so the band, as I say, split in 1990, and in 1997, Billy McKenzie committed suicide at the age of 39. Um, it was following not it was following not long after his own mother's death, and oh. had be, he'd been suffering from clinical depression. So, as you say, he was uh, a good singer in that, and um, it's not the first time we've seen we've heard we've heard about record uh, music industry people that have. Um, taking their own life or yeah and I was just about to say what's mad is the amount of artists that have taken their own life during I was talking about it just shows the difference in the taboo of mental health the stigma around it it shows that back in your day it was a completely different yeah time where there, there wasn't anyone for them to talk to so no, I no. guess the only way out and I suppose the first one that, that comes is is um the, the lead singer of Joy Division right at the beginning. Mm, that was right at the beginning. Then, you know, saw them change their, their name to... New Order. New Order, obviously becoming still the same mm. people, but without um, Ian, Ian Stanley, I think, if I remember his, his name. was I can't, can't remember his name now. But yeah, Ian Stanley, pretty sure mm. is his name. Um, and they obviously went on to uh, bigger and... Bigger and better things because um, no, like you know, you would have known what what would have happened, but um, it was it was actually um, Curtis, Ian Stanley is Tears of Fears, dad, yeah, yeah, Ian Curtis, he was the one who put them on the road to being a synth band, yeah. So, um, you know, he he saw in the future and before, obviously, as Joy Division, but um. Mm didn't get to see it but yeah he was yeah he was probably the first big name to uh, that we ever heard in the 80s 70s 80s that mm. we've, we've covered um but yeah the same as i say billy mckenzie obviously i'm um, affected by his probably the breakup of the band but although it was a couple his, of years quite a few years after but, obviously the but then his mum as well, well and if he was dealing with depression and then that happened yeah. it tips you over so, and there's no help yeah. which is why i'm saying that's mad that so many people kind of fell through the 
the hole into yeah. that depression stage because or even just mental health because yeah. you didn't have the help it's crazy no help and people mm. didn't under, didn't know what it was back then mm. um almost all the associates records have been deleted oh. however dempsey and mckenzie's estate uh began a reissue to ensure the band's legacy continued and they they even released a 25th anniversary of the album the affectionate punch um, which was issued in 2005. How would they have done that if their records got deleted? I think from the master. They obviously got hold of the master. Right. So all back yeah. catalogues have been deleted. You couldn't buy them, but they still had the master. I guess they still had right. Like the original the copy. Master. Yeah, mm. yeah. I, I, it's the only way I can think they've done it. Um, they had two top 20 hits and they had one top 10 album. Okay. Because so, you've not narrowed it down to top 10 hits, these aren't going to be the number one. We will see. Yeah, but you, you, you like to say whether they have top 10 Sometimes hits. I do things to mix it up. Oh, do you? Do you? Keep me on my toes. The Associates in 1982, Party Fears 2. Oh, it's really contradicting here. Well, no, I'm not. I, say, I have said he's got a good voice, but he sounds ghostly. And that was the only thing I could think about throughout this song. It was a good voice. Like listening to it. So um, it got to number nine, top ten hit. All right, Mister, I like to mix things up a bit. <laughs> so yeah, now is there any songs that you think could be better than that? Well, my favourite. It could be then a number one. No, I don't know. Nineteen eighty-two, Club Country. This can't be better. This one was creepy sounding. It had lots of sound to it. I feel like they were playing around with the synthesizer a bit in this one. There was quite a few different sounds going on in the background. Number thirteen. Okay. So now we come to nineteen eighty-two. They're there, there, there two And a double A side. Oh, okay. We've not had one of them in a while. Eighteen carat, a love affair, and love hangover. Okay. Usually when it's a double A side, I can find one of the songs, but then the other one I end up listening to the uh, the them both. Like I can't yeah. usually find them separately, and that's how I work out their double A side. But I found both of these separately. So that was that was good. But 18 Carat Love Affair is my favorite. It was more upbeat. I've no idea what they're saying, but I liked it. It sounded good. Like it was one that I would play again just like for the sound of it. Um, and Love Hangover was just very long, very instrumental. So they're very different, two very different songs, I think, to put them together. But yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, it got to number 21. So yeah, you're right. We've had the two top 20s and this was just outside. That's not bad, though. And then 1984, those first impressions. They went creepy again. That's all I've read. And um, they completely flopped, really. And that was number 43. Oh, wow. So then that so, was kind of like it. Was, <laughs> like you've had yeah, your time. That was it, because Ranking had obviously left by then, or was Lee? Yeah, so Ranking left in 1982, and I think that's why you saw the first two big hits and then the next lot weren't mm. such and hits. They obviously lost the record label mm. in fiction. Sire came in looking at signing them up, and as I say, they didn't want to tour, and the rest yeah. is history. And when you look at it, like they had their big hit, with the first song that I've got and every song that's been a hit has just got lower and lower down the charts. Like usually it fluctuates, doesn't it? But these just kind of had their number nine 
and just slowly yeah, went so they had down. So the top ten, top ten hit, then they had a top twenty hit, then they had just outside the top twenty, and then just outside the top forty. So yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Just they weren't okay. keeping it up there, were they? Moving on swiftly, I suppose, from China crisis and the associates. Yeah, let's get back to mine. KC and the Sunshine Band. Yeah, not much to say about these. Like, there's not many songs, for one. I just thought, you know, it brought it... Forgetting about what Shalimar and Banana Rama sounded like while I was doing China Crisis and the Associates, got these and I was like, okay. And, like, already I recognised that's the way I like it and was singing it in my head, so I was like, let's get to it. Let's get to it. And I knew what they'd be about. Um, and I'm guessing they're like a pop funk band they've got something there but yeah they're just you know they're having that bit of fun aren't they so mm-hmm. they're entertaining they're energetic um and they like their bit of block color when they're performing like everyone's bold aren't they and they they like a bit of a dance move as well and i'm guessing i so when i watched a video there was quite a lot on stage but the camera was focusing on this one man on a keyboard who I'm guessing is Casey and then these two women who were like backup singers or vocalists whatever you want to call them so I'm guessing I wanted to say it's a trio might be four of them but yeah I was very confused at who was in the band and who wasn't it could just be a massive band because it's Casey and the Sunshine Band but yeah I didn't really know who was in it and who wasn't okay well you're right because you had the founding member, which was Harry Wayne Casey, mm-hmm. as in C-A-S-E-Y, Casey. Um, and then you had various members. There was just so many of them, as you said. Oh, okay. Yeah. Probably, you know. So it was so like formed, the band. Yeah, yeah. So they were formed in 1973 in Miami, Florida. And they are a disco funk R&B band. Oh, so not pop at all. Not pop. Disco, funk. Okay. Uh, the name from Casey's last name, um, as it sounds like KC, mm-hmm. and the Sunshine Band is from Casey's home state of Florida, known oh. as the Sunshine State. Yeah. So KC and the Sunshine Band, because Harry Casey was bought was from Florida, but they were formed so in Miami. Band. Yeah, Miami is in Florida. Oh, is it? Florida's the state, hence the Sunshine State. Miami's the town. Okay. Or whatever they call it. I'm not good with American places. No. no, At all. (laughs) California, Florida, Texas. I know what states are, but I never, like, I thought Miami was another state. No, Miami's a place. Yeah, see, that's what I mean. San Francisco. I thought that was a state. Um, you know, Kansas. Um, I'd be well good at naming states because I'd just name all the places that I know and I could get yeah. way more than 50 and I might get them all. But yeah, yeah. anyway, America would be confusing. Move on. <laughs> um, so 1981, Casey and Finch partnership came to an acrimonious end. So Finch was um, one of... So, so Harry Casey was a record store employee Right. Uh, before forming the band with Richard Finch, the co-writer. Oh, okay. Jerome Smith, who was the guitarist, and drummer Robert Johnson. They were the main founders right. for. And then in 1981, Casey and Finch partnership came to an acrim- acrimonious, 
acrimonious end. You can never say that word. No, I can't. And in 1984, Casey and Epic Records split due to the Epic Records refusing to release the song Give It Up. So Casey formed his own label, Mecca Records. I'm glad. And released Give It Up in America. And it worked because it reached the top 40 on the top 100. Wow. Which is still still seen as a big big thing. However, oh, yeah. the album flopped, uh, leading to Casey retiring from the music business. Um, oh, okay. Moving Mecca Records and with it Casey and the Sunshine Band. They could have probably done so much if they stayed signed on to somewhere because, yeah. like, give it up. He released off his own back, basically. Yeah. And then they've got one more hit after that. I bet if they stayed on a record label they would have done mega yeah for a while because the sound changes but yeah so well funny enough talking about sound changes however in 1991 with disco music being revived oh um, yeah probably on the back of abba as well on dancing queen that made it that they sort of abba had a revival didn't they yeah yeah they carried on on the back Mm. of that i guess the disco um casey came out of retirement and he released a new album in 1993, which obviously then, I don't know, it obviously was never going to be as big as it was, but no. um, we're talking 90s now, so I didn't look into it. But yeah, they yeah. obviously, you know. Um, Jerome Smith died in 2000 um, in an accident while working as a bulldozer operator. Oh. And in 2013, the band got honoured with a Palm Star on the Palm Springs Walk of Stars, in Florida, obviously in Florida. They had four top 10 hits and one top 10 album. Okay, that's not too bad. No? No. But like I say, I think they, they could have been bigger if they didn't get dropped. Yeah. And then if they didn't get dropped and carried it through the 80s, they could have been part of the disco revival and they would have been bigger. So like ABBA would have still got their... A single sold because people have followed them through. Yeah. Whereas these didn't have that back of like backing from fans. But if they carry, if they were able to carry on, they would have. So, if they were to have the number one, what one are you giving? Giving. giving Give it up. To? Give it up. Give it up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nineteen seventy-five. That's the way I like it. Number four. Okay, that's what I needed after the last two bands. Like that, just I was like, okay, I'm ready. See, this is what I mean by the music that you listen to. It gets you in the mood for the rest of your day. 1979. So still not in the 80s. Oh, okay. Please don't go. This was chilled but catchy. So I liked that. Number three. Oh wow! They are see it. See the big. They're hitting big. Nineteen eighty-three. Give it up. And this could be the best song of the whole week. This is like this is my favorite. By the way, I've, I've literally written best song this week. <laughs> it's the best song this week. It was in the top ten, yeah. and we already know it. It made the top forty in America. So it was a bit, and this. Mate, if this is, I don't know why I just called you mate then, but if this is the number one 
he done amazing because he got this from his own record label as well. Go on, tell me. It was in the top 10. Yeah, keep going. It's in the top five. Yeah, they've had a number four and a number three. It was bigger, it was their biggest hit. Yeah. It is this week's number one. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy. I'll take that. That was the best song of the week. There you go. Hands down. And now I know the background. You it as a number one. No, but I said Casey and that was my number one. I said in my original seven, Casey and the Sunshine Band had one number one and that was their number one for me. And then I was letting you know what each number one I was choosing from the bands. But I just assumed at the beginning when you said there was only one, I assumed it would be Banana Rama because oh. the extent of their um, list that I had. So I'd assume it was them, not a smaller one. But no, I'm glad it's that one. And then in 1983, you said you'd give me some more. Number 41. Okay, that one was slower, but it was still a catchy chorus. This is what I mean. I think they could have really done something, you know. Quite sad for them that they didn't get to put themselves out there. Hmm. So, moving on to the Weather Girls. Yeah. I mean, there's not much to say instead. They've only got one song. But I will let you know. So, it's raining men. Amazing song, I knew it. And last week when you told me the Weather Girls, I was right. I was like, these are the ones that did it's raining men. Look at me knowing something. Look at me. But because I don't, because I already knew that song, so I didn't even really need to listen to it. I could sing it in my head. I was like, I don't want to just listen. So sometimes when you give me just one song, I listen to that, and if I, because nine times out of ten I don't know it, and if I'm getting a vibe from it then I might listen to more, but if I'm not, I'll leave it. So because mm-hmm. I already knew this, I was like, well, I've got to listen to more songs. And weirdly, when you're on Spotify and you type in the Weather Girls, I will show you. You know, I've said about um, Spotify and its top, like the popular, five popular songs? Yeah. Well, for the Weather Girls, their top five are It's Raining Men, single version. It's Raining Men. It's Raining Men, class remix. It's Raining Men live and then Hit the Road Jack. So I was like, okay, well, let's listen to Hit the Road Jack. And then in my head, I started singing it, but I don't know whether it's an original by them. So then I went and they've like, you know, they have got some albums. So I had a look and I have listened to a couple more of their songs. So listen to Hit the Road Jack, Big Girls Don't Cry, Land of the Believer and Hope. They're the ones that stuck out to me. Um, I'm just like it's crazy because they have amazing voices like they're only a little duo um, and I'm just shocked they don't have many hits like they don't really have many albums either so they obviously really flopped um, naming themselves the Weather Girls I mean I don't think they could have done it just works so perfectly that they're called the Weather Girls and they sang a song about raining but yeah I'm, I'm shocked they didn't have more They've just, their voices I mean, they did, they did so amazing shock. Um, and actually, I I probably could have given you make you make me feel mighty real, Don't, but that wasn't that wasn't as the weather girls, but that did get to number eight in this country. So as they've done a bit of name change. So oh, yeah, so the weather girls were Martha Wash and Azora Armstead. Mm-hmm. Um, they were formed in 1976, San Francisco, California. They are a disco stroke soul 
Oh, yeah, I put soul. I forgot to say about the genre. I said soul. They started out as Two Tons of Fun, and they were like the backing singers of Sylvester. Um, So he went by as Sylvester featuring Two Tons of Fun. Right. Um, So it's a bit like Pepsi and Shirley of Wham, then Mm. came out. As Pepsi and Shirley, I suppose it's a. But they obviously, when they did it, they changed their name. So um, they started out as Two Tons of Funs, and then changed their name in 1979 after singing for Fantasy Records. So they went over to Fantasy Records as their own, and they said we, we want to get away from this backing singers. I suppose Two Tons of Fun. They want to reinvent they themselves. The Weather Girls, right? So, despite critical and commercial success. The duo struggled to repeat the success of Rainy Men and disbanded in 1988, following the release of their fifth studio album. Okay, Spotify haven't got more. And in 1991, Armstead reformed the group, or the duo, with her daughter, Danelle, and they released another three albums. Wow. Up until Armstead's death in 2004. However, they have had hits outside of England because they're mainly because they're American. They're big in America, especially in the US dance chart. Okay, so they did have. So they had a number one, as in, I mean, under under the Sylvester featuring Two Tons of Fun, they had a number one with Dance Disco, mm-hmm. or Dance Disco Heat. They also had a number one with You Make Me Feel, Mighty Will. Right. Um, they had number two with Earth Can Just Be Like Heaven. They have number two with I Got The Feeling. They had number one with It's Raining Men. They had number 26 in 1985 with No One Can Love You More Than Me. And they had a number two with Can You Feel It? Okay. They had a number one with Break You. Um, it was actually Ralph Falcon featuring the Weather Girls, but it got to number one. That was in 2008. So they were still going around and obviously doing enough to, you know, to um, show. But their biggest hit across the globe, I mean, they were number one in the US. They were number two in the US, in the UK. So I've already given that away. They also <laughs> made number eight in Norway. Uh, number 16 in Australia. Okay, so, yeah, I do forget, like, when I'm listening to um, these, I forget that, obviously, they may not be big for us, but they could be big elsewhere. And it just baffles yeah. It's like I live in my own little bubble with music. I forget that other people have a say in different countries and that. And, it's, and in America, you can literally go from one state to another. Yeah. And the music style, you've got country mm. um in one and you've got hip-hop in another mm. um, you know then the, you've got disco somewhere it, it literally does change which is why they have so many charts and that's why they're the top it's a they're the place top 100 you get to number in the top 100 there you're it's a that's you're you're doing well whereas over here it's the top 40 because we're a smaller country you know you're getting a top yeah. 20 wow you get into the top 100 top 20 you're suddenly on the road to something else but it's like and it's mad that if you're in if you've hit in america you don't really bother about releasing anywhere else because it's like you don't need to do you no you're getting all your 
money. Yeah. Like, who was it? I think Leona Lewis did it. She was, obviously, she's X Factor, isn't she? I'm sure she went to America, made it big there, and she's never really released anything over here again. again. She's doing mm. stuff over there. So, as I've said, 1983, It's Raining Men, by mm-hmm. the Weather Girls, got to number two. Number two. And obviously, that was my favourite. <laughs> it's the only song you had from them. So, it's the only one released over here. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so that is this week's. So, hit or miss? I'm expecting a, a strong four. Okay. So, Shalimar. Hit. Banana Rama. Hit. I'll just miss out the next two. Yeah, um, China Crisis. <laughs> miss. The Associates. Miss. Casey and the Sunshine Band. Hit. They hit with me more than Banana Rama did. I, I feel like I they speak to me on a level. They do. And the Weather Girls, only one song. But I did listen to others, so yeah. I will confidently say, usually when it's a one song, I'm a bit like, mm, like I like songs, so they're a hit, but they've only had one. I have listened to other songs, so they are a hit. Okay. So I'm, I'm not surprised. I knew that there was definitely three hits there <laughs> this week because I know that obviously the kind of music you like, um, you know. I make it very obvious. On a drive while dancing and clapping and singing, I don't know, but... Yeah, but why do you want to drive to these sad Just listen, just listen. No, no, I can't just listen. No, I I can't. Otherwise, I can't. Like, I don't ever get tired while I'm driving, but I can't just sit there. It's like I'm either singing or I'm chatting. If you're in the car with me, I'm sorry, but if I don't like the music that's being being played, I'm I'm chatting to you because I can't sit in silence. I don't do silence. (laughs) Wow. Be an interesting week next week. Oh, oh, I forgot about that. This is the last bit of 1982. And you've got oh, a mix because okay. of, of the genre. I've put them all together. So you have got some bands right, so that not... are from later on, but I've put them in on this one. So they're together. Okay, so okay? they're all like a similar genre. They're all in a similar genre and I got it out of the way with the one, for, obviously, because there is a 1982. Right, because there's not many of that genre. Yes. You've put them all And they're the best going together. So, you. Survivor. Okay. Steve Miller Band. And that's a band? Steve Miller Band, yes. Oh, Steve Miller Band. I thought your surname was Miller Band. <laughs> ZZ Top. Oh, okay. Not heard of any of these. Van Halen. Van Halen. Bon Jovi. Okay, now I've heard of Bon Jovi, but I couldn't name any of their songs. And Far Corporation. Okay. Not her, like I've heard of Bon Jovi and I will probably recognise some of their songs, but I'm also worried about the genre because I swear Bon Jovi is a really weird genre. So I'm a bit worried now. Okay. Right. Well, we get this one out of the way and then, then, we, then we get going. By you we saying really we we'll get this one out of the way makes me even more worried. We'll get the, it's not my genre. I mean... Yeah, there's, there's, you're going to enjoy, there's some songs there that you're going to enjoy and I think you'll be surprised. Right, okay. 
Okay. You know, we we go straight in here at the, on the first one with Survivor. You're you yeah, you're you'll um you'll you'll be pleasantly surprised. Okay. But series two, episode nine has been the one I've always been waiting for. So okay. let's get series two, episode eight out of the way next week. I'm waiting then, for the type of music, then, like yeah, the yeah, arrangement no, and everything. It's coming that's what I'm waiting nine, for. It starts. Okay. It's all in from episode nine. Okay, then. All right. I mean, I'm not saying I've not enjoyed the previous weeks. I mean, this week I had a great time. But... Yeah, you see, this isn't my type of movie. I mean, yeah, I China Crisis to a degree, the associates so so, but yeah, this wasn't a week for me. Banana Rama, but yeah. And that's what's weird. Like, we're so opposite. Like, you're like, China Crisis, the Associates, yeah, they, they would have done it for me. And I'm like, no, Casey in the Sunshine Band, the Weather Girls, like, so opposite. Yet we've agreed on things. There is music that we do like. But it's because I'm more varied than you. You're stuck down one path, whereas I'm, hence why I can listen to any music you throw at me. But yeah, I'm more open. Okay. Right. So I'll get listening. That is it for this week. We yep. will get to next week and then we'll we'll uh, we will reveal the songs for the following week. <laughs> you, you wish you had a like time travel machine right now yeah. to skip this week. Yeah, yeah. Straight no, no, I think it'd be interesting next week because I think, as I say, I think you'll be surprised at some of the songs you're going to listen to next week. Are any of them do you, any of them? ones that you listen to yeah yeah okay not not they're not, not like they're not like out of my way to listen to but yeah there, there's that you like there that are yeah okay. yeah all right then. whether there's enough there i don't know don't know we will find out next week about we will indeed much. we will okay all right then, on then. that i will say goodbye yeah it's been a, a successful week i think in um educating you on 80s music Oh, yeah, I'd say it's successful. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, anyone who has anything that they uh, wish to comment on, then they can that on our Twitter feed of at Dad Educates. Yeah. And we'd love to hear from them. Yes, please. Thank you. Okay. On that, I will say goodbye. Yeah, and I'll speak to you next week. You will indeed. Thank you. All right. Bye. Bye, Dad.